Jeff, Laura, and Backstage Ben. Things we said on the radio. Time for Attitude of Gratitude. Uh, the big or little things in life that you're grateful for. And if you're like, what am I grateful for? Find something. Grab a little optimism in life. Who's up? Who wants to go first as an example of, of the, the simplicity of looking inside oneself to go, I'm grateful for XYZ? I can go first to find the optimism. Okay. Um, I'm optimistically grateful for uh, free time and a whole lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's somebody who has now a no commute to work. And, well, I'm kind of locked down here, so things aren't, uh, I can't do quite as much as I normally would at the office. I am grateful for the free time I have to read books. I have read, I'm on my uh, my fourth book of the year so far. Oh my gosh. I figured at the beginning of the year, not necessarily as a resolution, but I would like try to get a book a month in. Um, I'm well ahead of that goal right now. Yeah, so you <laughs> can so what are you going to do? What are you going to do now? Are you going to try... Are you just good for six months? Now you can slack off for, for a little while? <laughs> no, I'm going to keep going. I think at some point I'm going to try to get so far ahead that I can read a large book because the, the problem I had was if I was trying to do one a month, I'm a, I'm a super slow reader. So if I tried to do one a month, I'd be picking really small books, but I have a lot of really gigantic thick ones that I would just never get to. So I'm going to get myself way ahead of the game and then spend like six months reading a huge ah, book. <laughs> bring that big book energy in. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lauren Geddes, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for my dongle. <laughs> I <laughs> Me too. Wow. I know. Too. I know. This sounds like something from the stag shop, but I'm talking about that little thing that converts your phone to your aux cord because my car is old school. I still have an aux cable. I had lost my dongle, but then my mother gave me her dongle because, um, well, we have the same inputs, I guess. <laughs> Well, anyway, the reason, why I'm, the reason why I'm so grateful for this is because, listen, on my commute to London, when I drive to London, that's it's getting towards, with traffic now, getting close to an hour, 20 minutes there, an hour, 30 plus minutes back. I would listen to radio. Would Should there be a show like ours on? Well, you know, a few people chatting, hanging out. I love that. However, I have missed being able to listen to my own music pump myself up for the gym or listen to you know other conversations from other people I miss that so much and I find that so therapeutic in the car if you're spending that much time alone yourself in your vehicle you gotta have something to pass the time by oh a hundo P and the amount of new music I discover on my drive now is incredible I just oh that's fun and yeah sorry I do still use Spotify but if you click on a song go to Spotify radio the amount of new music you can get shown is just it's great I love all genres and I just I sometimes I find a completely new genre that I didn't even know existed I'm like yeah this is a vibe I'm so <laughs> thankful for this what what would be in a, a new genre that you didn't know existed any examples I, can, I don't even know that's the thing I know I'm listening to a new genre of something cyber However, country punk I don't know what it would be called like I don't even right. know the name I just know <laughs> this is something that I've like never heard before I'm also <laughs> le- listening to a lot of Brazilian music that I love because I can just go song radio because I don't know anybody's names or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So got that whole vibe going on too, you know? I like it. Hey, music. We, we've talked about it on the show. 13 minutes of music, a minimum of 13 minutes of music can change your whole mindset and mood. So that, that there's real science to back that up. So good on you on that one. For me, I'm grateful for, it's two parts, batteries and my scale in my bathroom. It was broken forever in a day and I had to get this silly, stupid battery that I couldn't find locally. So I ordered it. It arrived. Because this is one of those scales that does, like, body weight, and it's crazy yeah. accurate. And um, 
Well, I let the pandemic, it, I thought it got me by double digits, but no, only seven. And while life isn't all about necessarily the weight on the scale, it, it, it's a benchmark for me in comparison to what I was back in 2018 when I was a lot heavier and decided to get healthier. So now I was able to kind of check in and I'm going, I've got a gym appointment later today with my buddy Rob. So I'm, I'm dialed in, I'm amped for the weekend. Are you? I was going to say, yeah. I know how you're going to yeah. celebrate. Probably Uber Eatsing and McDonald's Flurry at a 2 a.m. How silly you. I've witnessed that. <laughs> I've got a turtle cake in the freezer, Laura. Let's not be crazy. Ah, nice. <laughs> Jeff and Laura with Backstage Ben. Virgin Radio. I did not know that. I did not know that. I did not know that. I don't think you would know this. Can't expect you to. This Ontario spot is the second most filmed location in Canada, and it actually beat the Eiffel Tower for the amount of IMDb movie credits. So this was a big study <laughs> that goes from 1900 to 2020. It was a big, deep, advanced search of IMDb, an organization that clearly had a lot of time on their hands, decided to do a real deep dive on this. So this is kind of like a little uh, question slash trivia that you can play along with us. You can text or response it or just in your car or at work, whatever, just to kind of see what you may know. <clears throat> okay. So Eiffel Tower featured in 95 different movies. And that, that is with an enlisted, enlisted full IMDb movie credit. The number two spot is 142 movie credits. And that is a location in Ontario. So oh you can roll out the Rockies, like rule them out. They're, 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 they don't count. Vancouver, nope. Uh, East Coast, nah. Toronto and the CN Tower, you'd be wrong if you said that. Hespiller, like in Cambridge. They do a lot of filming there. They, a ton. Leans a touch more to television, but you're not wrong. The amount of Steve Martin, Hillary Duff movies. Yeah, Tale. Yeah. Whole damn thing filmed yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Beautiful no. Port Stanley. Not Port Stanley. Not... Uh, Canada's most beautiful downtown in St. Thomas. No. But it's okay. up there. We know Jason Momoa. Or, yeah. sorry, J- Jason Mimosa. <laughs> Thank you. Say <laughs> his name correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Niagara Falls. With a hundred and fo- 142 movie credits, Niagara Falls. Really? Oh, yeah. The Long Kiss like- Goodnight, <laughs> Superman 2, Canadian Bacon, uh, Marilyn Monroe filmed a movie there. Like, it is, you get into the list, you go, oh, wow. wow. Exactly. The number one, who wants to guess the number one most film spot? Who had 532 appearances? Space. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it'd be Central Park oh. in New York. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, every, every rom com. <laughs> yeah. Uh, every. All of the Hallmark Channel. I was just in about Central to Park. say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all of them. So there's just a little factoid, a little nugget I saw and went, to, I, I would have never guessed Niagara Falls. About 60 other places, uh, 62 other places in Ontario alone before I jump. But now it, it adds up and makes complete sense. Jeff and Laura with Backstage Ben every morning. Virgin Radio. It's uh, time for Lessons with Dad and just in some quick, com- <laughs> quick conversation uh, with Laura. So. Last night, you were just trying to catch up on because you, you've had a couple of paint swatches on the walls just to see which colors you want to vibe with the most. For over a year now, <laughs> almost a year and a half. That's fine. But I haven't even got to that wall yet. We have been redoing our basement since we bought our house. Yep. We are one of the many people who, if you're lucky enough to buy a home, it is in shambles and you have to redo it. There's no other option. Just un- unworkable. Yep. So we have an accent wall in the basement. I did first coat. Did my edging on my own, no no painter's tape for the very first time a few months ago. 
I did a really good job. Really proud of myself. Yesterday, I'm like, okay, let's muster up the courage to do a second coat. But I had to do a second coat on the edging because it's a really dark, kind of like greeny blue color. Yeah. I did not do a good job this time. <laughs> I did not. And I am okay with mistakes being made. I think it's a learning process and nobody's going to be perfect the first time they do it. I told this to the beautiful Brazilian cyber cop and he goes, oh, well, because he knows I want to paint the upstairs the same color. Well, maybe you're going to have to use tape next time. I instantly said, no, that is not the type of person I am. I do not measure. I do not carefully put things down. I like to throw things. (laughs) And he goes, well, that's my wall too. (laughs) It's a learning curve. Nothing's going to be perfect the first time. It's our house. We can do what we want with it. You can I'll fix it, but it's not the back of a menu at a restaurant. It is a wall that's going to be there for a while. <laughs> I know, but can't you just touch it up after? I mean, I am trying to put like a white over dark green, but can I not just take a tiny little brush and fix that? Yes, but you can avoid fixing edging. Is a, it's a trick. Now, again, at one point, if you've got that ceiling and you mentioned it's got a, it's like that it's orange like stucco, peel. It's like yeah. Textured, yeah, yeah, you got a oh, textured. Yeah. Those are hard. So there, there's a, a bit of a hack that involves when edging that you run a, li- a line of tape, but then you run a little quick bead of caulking between the tape and the wall. And that acts as a barrier because paint wants to be oh so tricky and try to sneak under that tape line. Even when you use the best, the blue, the green, the, all, all the different painter's tape, it, it always finds a spot or two. But that caulking is a good trick. But if you're going like accent wall, so you've got corners, right? That's where things meet. Yeah. A little trick. So when edging, and I have moved... 13 times in 20 years and that includes half of those being rentals and my wife always wanted them painted to feel like home so I'd have to paint them and then paint the back so my practice <laughs> my game is pretty good um, your angle of attack when you're using the brush when you're coming down that wall if your angle's right the top your middle knuckle and your index finger pretty much run as a guide and since you have no paint on that part of your hand and it's against the wall you're just running it straight down you will not break that and you go in about six eight inch strokes but then when you do it you pull it in you curve it in like the letter j a little bit so then you have the brush will not separate and spread to cause you going over that line oh man why aren't you on i learned everything i learned from edging on tiktok (laughs) And that was way more depth, Jeff Kelly. The problem, well, the problem with TikTok, you don't watch the original videos. You watch the professional painter's reaction videos yeah. because half the time those TikToks are wrong, too. <laughs> oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> I learned that trick from actually one of the painters that helped us along the way. He's like, oh, and this is how you do it, kiddo. And, and he'd been painting for 30-plus years, and I went, oh. he said it's almost like a little brace in itself to prevent. I mean, the, the human hand, even if you're a heart surgeon, every once in a while, you know, you get a sneeze or you get you know, the pee shiver. <laughs> you don't want to wiggle that onto the uh, wall that doesn't need the paint on it but you basically use the back of your hand as a gentle guide as you go down so your knuckles will kind of gently rub on that clean that, that wall that's not getting covered and that'll help keep your line straight without so that's to do that without taping right uh, I don't want to tape there, there, I don't have the attention span for g- taping give it a go you can do this a, a little sample piece like behind a door somewhere that kind of stuff it, it takes a, a, just a touch of practice but it is not a hard skill to learn I, I have no special painting skills in comparison to others just I've done it a lot that's all okay well I'll give it a whirl in another six months okay <laughs> <laughs> alright mornings with Jeff Laura and Backstage Ben Virgin Radio See it or skip it with Backstage Ben. Brought to you by Landmark Cinemas. All right, pal, let's dive in. Uh, Last week was a little quiet, but you've got 
You've got some options to, to share with us. Yes, we can actually go back to the theaters now and eat popcorn while we're doing it. I love it. Uh, three new movies out this weekend in theaters. It's a bit... I, I don't want to say it's a dumping ground, but there's one that's pretty clear. It was never meant to really see the light of day. It's called Black Light, starring Liam Neeson. Okay. It is sitting at 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Everybody hates it. Everybody says Liam Neeson... Could do better, has done better, may not have done worse than this. And its major crime is just completely uninteresting, almost completely lacking a story, phoned-in action scenes. The dude is late 60s, if not early 70s at this point, and they're saying, while he can still pull off action scenes, it's almost embarrassing to watch this kind of stuff at this point. I think that's why he just did an interview saying, I'm not going to do action movies forever. I think people are getting well, yeah, I mean. Taken was definitely a resurgence in his career that gave him a late stage. Like, he became an A-lister again. He did all these great action movies. And he's done some really good ones, but he's also done some really poor ones. So long as he doesn't turn into Bruce Willis, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> but this one's a definite skip it. <laughs> no point in watching this one at all. And it's not even that it's so bad it's good. It's just boring. That's what it seems like. Next, we have Marry Me, uh, J-Lo, her latest rom-com. And I kind of love how blatantly early 2000s of a rom-com this is like it's such a oh yeah it's her and owen wilson oh okay she plays a pop star wow all right wow she plays a pop star who is going to she's going to get married to her uh to um her fiance maluma is playing her fiance they're going to get married on stage in front of a huge group of people and then she finds out he's cheating on her so she (gasps) gets a breakdown on stage, and then locks eyes with somebody who is there for his daughter. It's Owen Wilson in the crowd, and they end up falling in love. It just is such a ridiculous story. I, <laughs> but it, yes. Right? Yes. yes. It, it seems like it's a bit of a yes. It's at 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, so technically it's fresh. They're saying, uh, uh, the consensus says that uh, it's heavy on something old and something borrowed, but it's still fun and easy enough to watch so this one i mean obviously leading into valentine's day there has to be a rom-com of some sort this Mm -hmm. one's a see it for sure the amount of times that i watched the wedding planner and made my whole personality based off oh like i only eat the brown (laughs) 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 m&ms yes love a good j-lo rom-com yeah i do love that she is just kind of it's almost shameless, but at the same time, it seems like it's something that's, that's worth a watch. We're here for it. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Finally, Death on the Nile. Super excited for this one. Kenneth Branagh, again, playing Hercule Poirot. Uh, he did uh, Murder on the Orient Express a few years ago. That movie was amazing. It was really good. Super old-fashioned, but with modern like filmmaking techniques, obviously. This one, much the same. It's the same kind of storyline. It is Poirot again. Uh, huge A-list cast, including Gal Gadot, Annette Bening, uh, Russell Brand, Letitia Wright, Kenneth Branagh is in it as well. Like, it's a huge list of A-listers doing a really fun murder mystery. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. I loved the first one. This one looks like it's just right up there. Critics are, I think, a little disappointed in it. It's at 63%, so they're just saying as much fun as the first one was, this is almost exactly a retread of that. But still, it's fun. I love a murder mystery, and this is a good reason to go out to the theater, so it's a see it for me. Look at that. From... Jackass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a definite see it. I know I missed it last week, but it's a see it. <laughs> Jeff and Laura in the morning with Backstage Ben. On Virgin Radio. It's guest gossip. On Virgin Radio.
Kanye West is threatening to remove himself from Coachella and his performance if Billie Eilish doesn't apologize or if yeah, if she doesn't apologize to him. So what happened? Billy was in concert. A fan seemed to need an inhaler. So she shut the concert down, paused for a little moment. And then she said this. And it's that little, that little sentence right there that has people saying, well, that was for sure some Travis Scott shade. Kanye West popping off on Instagram saying, Travis will be with me at Coachella and I'm not, I'm not going to perform until Billy apologizes. Billy already commented on his post and said, I did not mention his name. I was just taking care of my fans. Did you? Your move, Kanye. Did you, well, did you hear there's some new audio from Kanye about it? No. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. But (laughs) take that for what it's worth, I guess. Is that a Geddes Gossip breaking exclusive? It it is. (laughs) Thank you to my unpaid members of the Geddes Gossip newsroom for doing the dirty work for me. We all love helping you out. (laughs) Yeah, and I I love it when you help out. Thank you. Uh, It's really interesting. Again, I think Kanye's got enough battles to fight right now. I don't know if he needs to be fighting other people's battles. And we'll see what Travis Scott says, too. He's got to realize that there will be shade from people in his industry over yeah. just how it was handled, the aftermath, um, you know, the whole here's a sponsored mental health coach type, you know, that could have been handled the aftermath maybe a little bit better, too. So yeah. we will see how that whole thing rolls on. This is something that is not surprising to me. However, a lot of people are now coming out saying that Dr. Phil, that show, the staffers are saying that workplace is traumatizing and it's a war zone. (gasps) You don't say. It's traumatizing to the people they have on the show, which you can see. Like, everybody sees that. I am not surprised that that workplace is deemed as toxic. No kidding. No. And to have it at work and... Where's your release? You come home for a few hours, then you go to bed with the anxiety if you got to go back into that the following day. Yeah. Permit so hit in your stomach. Yeah, and people said the Phil-isms, you know, as like, we teach people how to treat us. Uh, he said everybody was just, like some staffers are saying, everybody was just miserable. You would walk into the building, there'd just be uh, dread and anxiety. Uh, they said it was a show about mental health where everybody who works on it has terrible mental health because our work conditions were really, really bad. Not surprised. Not surprised. No. It's like on a reality show, you know, like The Bachelor and stuff. They will put you in a hotel room with like no windows and just be by yourself, no cell phone to kind of make you go a little antsy before you get on the show. I feel like that's what Dr. Phil has done to his staffers just to make them (laughs) extra angry at this point. Uh, And the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, we just played our Super Bowl Friday song challenge, but they were doing uh, their little press junket talking about what you will not see during the Super Bowl halftime show. There won't be any wardrobe malfunctions, though, if that's what you want. I'm gonna need you to keep your shirt on, all right? I may, I may not. <laughs> no, I had to talk Snoop and Eminem out of pulling their. Whoa! <laughs> they said Bieber balls. Don't worry, it's all good. It's Definitely, all yeah. good. Yeah, 100%. Jeff and Laura with backstage Ben. Virgin Radio. Melissa, this is you. This is. Oh, hold on. Let me just make sure Melissa's there. Okay, Melissa, you're on the line with us. Hi. Good morning, uh, everyone. Morning. Okay. First time. So. You've heard the game, but this is the first time you wanted to jump in and play. So all yeah, that being said, 
We uh, we've put aside four tickets for you to enjoy Disney on Ice. So you are going to that at the end of uh, February, the twenty, the week of the twenty fourth at Budweiser Gardens. Ah, uh, that's great. Thank so you. You're welcome. So push that aside. You know that's already yours. But okay. now it's trivia time with a guy that uh, yesterday picked up another win over Nicole. He has two hundred and seventy six wins, thirty two losses, and uh, ninety five ties. So, oh, okay. Now, not to freak you out with the number, but clearly Benny. Uh, He's pretty good at this. He, he seems we'll, to be, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll hand it over to the question master. He is now, uh, headphones and microphone are off, as you just heard. Yeah. All right, Melissa, are you ready to beat Backstage Ben? I am ready. Okay, first question. Who is Mufasa's trusted advisor in The Lion King? Oh, um, I should know this. Um... That is a really great guess, and I love the fun you're having with it, but that is incorrect. Oh my goodness! So, <laughs> Rafiki is a great guess. However, Zazu is considered to be Mufasa's oh trusted goodness, advisor. Right. You okay. know what? I would have guessed Rafiki too when I saw this question. I was like, oh, it's Rafiki, but then I was like, eh, wrong, yeah, Zazu. Yeah, he's the one that, like, foretells and, and he kind of follows and stuff. Okay, that's okay. Hits you on the head with his stick. I know. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <exactly. laughs> Second question. Who was the Super Bowl halftime performer before the stadium blackout in 2013? Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. And you would think I would know this because that's the only thing I really love about the Super Bowl. <laughs> You're not alone. You are not alone. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I... Oh, there's been. I know recently there was. Oh my goodness, 2013 though. Oh, I'm trying to think. Oh, oh my goodness. Nine years of recall. I'd be really impressed. I know. Really impressed. I think there's like, oh. Any guesses? I'm so much of this. I'm thinking so much of this one. Oh my goodness, because this one's gonna be great. But Take anyway, guess. Um, I don't know. Beyonce. That is correct. Shut up. That's the one. They famously called it the Blackout Bull. Queen Bee performed, and then... I I don't think it sounded like that, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, third and final question. A bit of a play on the answer to the last question. How many eggs does a queen bee lay per day? This is multiple choice, don't worry. Is it A, 1,000 eggs, B, 2,000 eggs, or C, 5,000 eggs. Oh, wow. Uh, Let's go with 2,000 eggs. That is correct. Woo, yay. That's a score. You should be. uh, uh, Two points on the board. Oh, that's great. That's a great setup for yourself. So let's see. We'll bring Benny back in. we got to give him the wave. Uh, and the yelp. Yep. Got to get it out of your system. Let's see how this goes for backstage Ben as Melissa scored two points out of a possible three. Ooh, not bad. Not bad. Melissa, would you like to trash talk? Uh, no, I'm not very good at trash talk. So that, <laughs> that's honest, okay. But, that's all right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Oh, also just want to mention, because we love seeing this now. We just started this yesterday. Who needs to see your Wordle scores when we can see your Beat Backstage Ben oh, yeah. scores? Post how much you got out of three and use the hashtag Beat Backstage Ben so we can see it and share it. And it's just funny. Okay, Benny. First question. Who is Mufasa's trusted advisor in The Lion King? Uh, voiced by Mr. Bean himself. That'd be Zazu. 
Oh. Of course. And Benny could probably give you a whole sis- history on how Zazu came to be, probably, if we had time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Second question. Who was the Super Bowl halftime performer before the stadium blackout in 2013? 23rd, uh, Beyonce. <laughs> that is correct. Oh, wow. <laughs> Third and final question. How many eggs does a queen bee lay per day? Don't worry, that's not referencing Beyonce. I'll give you multiple choice. <laughs> a, 1,000. B, 2,000. Or C, 5,000. Five thousand. Incorrect. Oh. It's two thousand. And Laura loves when you get something wrong. Oh, oh I know. Betty gets More than wrong. anything, the yeah. joy on her face if we could all only see it. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's what a two two tie. That's what a tie sounds like. Nice. Still a win for us. So this goes on the board now as tie number ninety six with beat backstage. Ben, you are officially in the record books, Melissa. Yay. Appreciate a bit we'll of your time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you walk away with passes to Disney on Ice, the final four-pack of tickets available with Beat Backstage oh. Ben. So you are oh going to be inside Budweiser Gardens uh, the week of February 24th. So stick around. We'll get you all looked after. And uh, thanks a ton. I love the whole first-timers. That's it. She's in the first-timers club with a yeah. really impressive and start. Tie, not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Real good. We will give you an opportunity, just like Melissa, coming up on Monday. At around 8.40, so you can try your very best to beat Backstage Ben. It's Jeff and Laura in the morning with Backstage Ben. Don't. Fire Station. Virgin Radio.